Welcome to the Simple Money, Simple Life podcast. I am Matt Erickson, and I'm your host. This is a podcast where we explore how simplicity beats complexity, especially in money matters. We explore investing, personal finance, and how to live a simple and awesome life. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 44 titled The Pursuit of More. We'll get into that topic in a minute. I want to talk about a couple of other things first. Just want to remind everyone that I am going to be giving away a free Amazon gift card of $100. Once I have received 50 reviews, all you will need to do is send me an email with a screenshot of your review and you'll be submitted into the drawing and... As soon as we get to 50 reviews, I will do that. So that should be coming up soon, hopefully. And I also want to talk a little bit about a couple of just side topics that I think we would find interesting. So I saw an infographic. One of the podcasts I listened to is called The Money Guy Show. It's a really good one. I would recommend it to any of you. And they put out a lot of cool infographics. And one of them is titled, Are You on Track to Be a Millionaire? And so they come up with a formula from current age of zero all the way up to 21. And it shows how much you need to have invested at that age to be a millionaire by 65. This is assuming a 10% rate of return. So if you were to have a baby and put $1,544 into their account, and it was in an investing account earning 10%, between their birth and age 65, they would have $1 million if you simply invested $1,544 when they're born. So let's get into the teenage years. Let's say you have a 14-year-old. You would need to invest $6,227 as a 14-year-old. And by the time that 14-year-old were 65, he or she would have a $1 million dollars. Let's say you are a 21-year-old. You would need to have $13,061 invested. So this is one of the reasons why I'm so high on getting kids invested early, especially in a Roth IRA if possible, because let's say at age 21, a person has $13,000 invested in their Roth IRA and they don't invest another penny their whole working years. By age 65, they would have, that person would have, $1 million. So while it's hard to get that much invested at that young of an age, uh, with some parent help and with kids investing some of their jobs, job money into their investing accounts, it's certainly possible. I'm not quite on pace with my kids to be able to do this, but I'm trying to get there. So I encourage my boys to give me a good portion of their money that we can invest in their Roth IRAs, which they've been willing to do. And they have, um, they're not quite at the marks to be millionaires by 65, but hopefully we will get there soon. It's a really cool graph to show kids, to get them investing, and show them the power of compounding and how awesome that can be over the lifetime. Now, another thing I wanted to share today is from Jeremy. He's over at, he has an Instagram account at Personal Finance Club. He also sells a course for $79 that is really cool, that teaches you how to invest in index funds and teaches you about all the accounts. He's really awesome with graphics and computers. He's a really he's a software engineer, I think, by trade, but now he's retired at a young age. 
Anyway, he is fun to follow on Instagram if you're looking to learn more about investing, but he talks a lot about the cost of fees. And he did a chart saying, uh, comparing $10,000 invested in the S&P 500 and what that would compound to over 40 years basically without a fee and with a 2% annual fee. So if you were to invest $10,000 and let it sit for 40 years, at the end of that 40 years, since 1980 to 2020, one would have $850,606 in the S&P 500 investing account. If you were to lose 2% to fees, maybe you were in an actively managed mutual fund that charges 1%, and you had an investment advisor that charged 1%, combined of 2%, you would only have 382585 so less than half of the amount. The reason I share this is because over, the, over your investing career of, let's say, 40 years, if you pay high fees to mutual fund, uh, actively managed mutual funds, or other fees that might be involved such as hiring an advisor or other things, it could affect your returns greatly in the end. I'm not saying you shouldn't hire a financial advisor. For some people, it's definitely the right choice. But I'm just showing that a 2% fee can make a huge difference in the final outcome of your investing account. Now, I want to get to the topic for the show, which today is the pursuit of more. I think in our society, I find that so many of us fall into the trap of never being satisfied and always wanting more. I read an article, another person I like to follow, his name is Joshua Becker. He is a minimalist blogger and he does some YouTube videos as well. And he wrote an article titled The Problem with Always Wanting More. And I wanted to touch a little bit on this article and share some of the highlights because I think it really applies to the kind of concepts I'm trying to teach and talk about on this podcast. So if you think about in life, most of us, no matter how much money we make, we always think we need a little bit more. If we're making 50,000, oh man, it would be so awesome if I made 65,000. If you make 100,000, oh, it would be so wonderful if I made 150,000. If you make 20,000, oh, if I could just make 30, I would be there. It seems like no matter what kind of place we are in life, we always want more. We want more clothing, we want more toys, we want more cars, we want more square feet. Uh, Maybe we want more followers on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, We want more recognition, more control, more power. There's just this kind of more prestige, more wealth. It's, It's something that's kind of seems to be part of the way we're wired oftentimes is we just want more. Uh, When we constantly desire more, we often are not satisfied because no matter how much we accumulate or achieve, uh, the concept of more will always exist. It will always be out there. And it's somewhat unquenchable. It's something that really can't be satisfied. No, No matter how much you have in your bank account or your investment account, uh, you could always have more. When more is the goal, we probably will never fully arrive at the destination of where we want to be. So in life, one of my kind of philosophies is more is not always better. Less is sometimes more and less is sometimes better. 
happiness and contentment and satisfaction in life will probably elude us and escape us and run away from us if our goal is to always want more. Most everybody who acquires more um, tends to move on to the next thing of what they want more of. Uh, we see it in the early 1900s. Uh, the Joshua Becker points out that John D. Rockefeller was the richest man in the world. He was once famously asked by a reporter how much money is enough money? And Rockefeller replied, just a little bit more. So I think that's a common feeling amongst us as human beings. I have certainly fallen into this trap and kind of deal with it on an ongoing basis, whether it be about money or something else. It's something to be very aware of. I think most people, that doesn't help them. More does not take them to a destination of happier. So the average American home back in the 1920s, I think was around like 900 square feet. And now, depending on what study you look at, it's between 2,300 and 2,700 square feet, even though the size of the average American family is decreasing. And so in the last you know, 100 years, the square foot, average square footage of American home has, has greatly increased. And the American woman, according to one study, owns four times the amount of clothes as her grandmother, uh, but often continues to purchase. And the American home, on average, has 300,000 items inside of it. So even though our houses can be full of stuff, we still find ourselves purchasing constantly on Amazon or eBay or Walmart and having packages arrive on our doorstep to kind of satisfy that need of more. So my Joshua's uh, kind of contention in this article and my belief is that when more is the goal, we will not find contentment. And because more will always be a, a moving target and it's never fully attainable. So we have, he points out that we have one of two options. We can continue to pursue more we can believe there is a better life waiting if we were just to acquire more money or more property or more fame. Or we can reject the false notion that more is needed to discover happiness. We can find contentment in our circumstances and gratitude for the blessings we already possess. So I really enjoyed this article by Joshua and I found a lot of, it just kind of hit home for me. And so maybe at this time we can scan our lives and find out if we're falling into the more is better trap, whether it's more square footage, more money, more fame, more whatever, and decide if really more should be the goal or not. Just something to consider. I think sometimes on this podcast, I talk a lot about money and investing. And one thing I've suggested over the course of podcasting is that Oftentimes, people with fewer investments, not more investments, they actually win. There's a study that shows that people who are invested in one simple target date fund will earn 25 to 3% more than a person who has more than the target date fund. So one of my suggestions is that if you have a portfolio that has maybe 20 different stocks in it, plus some mutual funds, or maybe 20 different mutual funds, thinking you're very diversified, Oftentimes, you will have fund overlap, meaning those mutual funds will often have the same stocks in them, so they're completely unnecessary. 
Sometimes you might scan your portfolio and realize that you have a lot of mutual funds with high fees that need to be ditched and taken out of your portfolio. And oftentimes a simple one, two, three, four fund portfolio is all you absolutely need to achieve the best investing results possible. I've also talked about how having fewer maybe bank accounts so that you don't get confused and forget about things, maybe fewer credit cards. We have an upcoming episode that's going to be really fun to talk about a little bit more about the rewards credit cards can bring, and I'm going to dive into the details of that. But some, I've heard of one person that has 1,046 credit cards. I think that's insane, personally. Some people have a lot of credit cards. I would suggest that maybe fewer is better in most situations. But we'll explore a little bit more of that in that upcoming podcast. But my idea also is that if financially and budgeting-wise, if you're always seeking more, your budget is always going to be pushed to the limit. If you can be content with less, maybe less going out to eat or fewer items of clothing or less entertainment or maybe not so many vacations or anyways, talk about maybe less rather than more, then your budget will have more wiggle room, you'll have more peace, you'll have more flexibility and probably more contentment and happiness. So this is my challenge to you to consider that maybe more isn't always better. So you can follow the show on Instagram, simple money underscore simple life. You can also email the show simple money 529 at gmail.com if you have a question that you'd like me to tackle on the show. And again, remember the simple life is a good life.